dust in the wind all we are is dust in the wind that was our prom song can you believe it that's the song they wanted what our song was eric clapton you look wonderful tonight which i think is a (laughs) lot better than yours (laughs) did you even dance at your prom i didn't actually i i didn't Welcome to episode 24 of Off the Charts, a stellar newscast. I'm Whitney McKnight, currently in Tennessee, and I am joined in New York by my colleague, co-host, and fellow astrologer, Elizabeth Grace. I'm still in New York, and you're like a ping pong ball all over the country. I'm kind of jealous, actually. Well, I'm getting tired of it. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you jealous? It sucks not to have a place where you can go, this is my home, and this is where my stuff is, and this is where I'm going to sit down and do my thing. And this is where my coffee, you know, it's like, all right, I'll stop bitching. But no, no, that's but that's a moon in Taurus. I came to realize that one of my happiest states is living out of a suitcase, knowing that my things are safely stored someplace else. Mm. I can do that for five days when I used Mm. to have to travel for a living. And, you know, I was there was one year I was on an airplane almost 80 times in one year. And yeah, it was. I, it was crazy making for me. I didn't, I would wake up in the middle of the night in a panic, not knowing where I was. I had no idea where I would be or what time zone I was in, but it was my job because I was a reporter and I had to go all over the, literally all over the world. I could stand it for five days, but after five days, I would be climbing the walls, wanting my own bed, my own coffee, my own stuff. I am your textbook classic Taurus moon who likes things the way they are for comfort, beauty, and stability. I love it. I own it. <laughs> Put my picture next to that. (laughs) (laughs) And may you have your heart's desire, fulfilling the reigning need of your moon and Taurus in the coming months. Why, thank you. All right. Well, I've lost the script again. I have it. No, no, I'll do this. I'll do it. I'll do. I'll I'll do it. You Whitney lost the script, everybody. She lost it. So afterwards, not the only thing I lost. (laughs) (laughs) So after the script where it says that EG ad libs, I'm going to read Whitney's part just just for the heck of it. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Whitney and I are both renegades from corporate media. We report and analyze the cosmic impulses behind the news. We offer a viable alternative to the corporate media model that manipulates you into working against your best interests, as we so frequently make clear on this show. We bring you the news from the ensouled universe, where cycles within cycles suggest there is a greater consciousness enfolding us, moving us through and around us, a larger intelligence that extends beyond what we could ever possibly imagine. Our goal is to change how you think about world events, framing them so that you can see there is order amidst the chaos, and that trusting the universe and not the status quo. Really, Whitney? <laughs> not the status quo? I know. Isn't it funny that my, that my, 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 but so then funny. again, my Taurus <laughs> moment is, it is conjunct algal. So, you know, there are times where I go, okay, that's enough of this. <laughs> Trusting the universe and not the status quo helps keep us. Oh, now this is so 100% Taurus moon calm. Yeah. Yeah. That's me. Who doesn't want that? Okay. I'm laughing because calm would not be the way. I feel when I wake up without all my shit next to me. 
<laughs> Anyhow, um, thank you, everybody. We want to welcome you. And thank you very much, Elizabeth, for stepping in. Uh, yeah. I, I want to just make sure before we plunge in, though, that we extend our thoughts to the folks in Turkey. We have fans in Turkey. I've been practicing something called Tong Len. If our listeners are familiar with this Tibetan practice, it's where you breathe in someone's pain and then you you breathe out healing energy. Mm. You can find more about it online. I don't want to take up too much time explaining it, but Pema Chodron, who is a, a Tibetan monk in Nova Scotia, mm. Nova Scotia. Yeah. She's got a lot of information of information about Tonglen. Um, so maybe if you listeners are wondering what you can do for people in the earthquake hit region, consider some Tonglen. Anyhow, I, I do just want, um, our fans and listeners in that part of the world to uh, to know that we are thinking of them and we are hoping for the best possible outcomes for them. Okay, so that, yeah. where, you've got the script. Where are we going I next? Have <gasps> so on on this episode, more news from the Ensouled Universe. A look back at how the heads up we gave you last week came to pass. We have a new department of they where we mm-hmm. demonstrate how the powers that be, also known as the department of they aren't looking out for you. Plus Mm -hmm. we have announcements and comments from listeners. And of course I will sing something, although Whitney doesn't know what yet. Nope. I don't know, but Hey, let's get to the news because uh, it's just been uh, a a fantastic new. It's been an absolutely fabulous week for people who study the astonishing synchronicity of news and planetary patterns. Um, We went into the weekend when we launched our last podcast with Three, well, actually four buzzy patterns, which I will quickly run down. We had two squares, one between the sun, which represents leaders and energy, just in general, power, fuel. The sun was square Uranus, which is disruption. It rules seismic activity. It rules astrology, which I'm going to talk about that in one brief second, and technology. We had a square between Venus and Mars. Venus is the feminine, the receptive. Mars is action, provocation. So we already anticipated that relationships were likely to be a bit jarring with much revealed over the weekend because we had a full moon in Leo. Leo is the drama king and queen. Leo needs to be recognized and loved and honored and adored. And this particular full moon activated an eclipse that we had on November 8th. So whatever was going to come out was likely to be reflected in a big surge of energy. And last but not least, we had a sextile, which is a cooperative aspect, a harmonious flow between Mercury, how we need to think, And Neptune, which is the ideal vision unknown. So it could have been inspiring. It could have been surreal. And of course, because it's astrology and the planet is really big and there's lots of news floating around, we got examples of both. So obviously up, up and away in my beautiful. Okay. You guys know the rest of that song. I hope balloon. (laughs) So we had a big space balloon that came zipping over here. The, the Chinese quote unquote, uh, this Chinese spy balloon yeah uh, remind dump. me remind me how did we find that it was hovering above us who figured that one out do you know 
Well, they tracked it. They they knew it was there on January 28th. It dipped into Alaska and then it and then it went away. Okay, so they they were on it. Okay, and then uh, it it was over Montana and everyone was like, oh my god, it's uh, the next episode of Yellowstone. There's a big balloon floating over our <laughs> nuclear sites in Montana. And uh, and so people started talking about it as it was floating over Montana, I guess, because you could see it. We have one of our wonderful um, avid listeners and, and patron supporters who sent me an email over the weekend before they shot it down. And she's like, I'm here in North Carolina. We're waving at it, you know, as it was going out. It was as it was about to go out to see. Wait, it so it went from Montana. Yeah, because I know they so shot it went it from Montana and it went all, you know, however, this the southeastward trajectory right over uh, right over avid listener Diane's house. So they all sat and waved at the at the balloon as it as it went over their house. <laughs> went okay, back. So this is the real thing. I, I don't know. They were they waved at it. You know, hello drop a fortune on us or something. I don't know. And so then it went off to see it and they shot it down. And 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 you could expect that there was going to be uh, an aggressive response because we have a square between Venus and Mars. So this is not, oh, how nice to see you. This is like, oh, really? We're going to have a fight about this. So President Biden took it down. He had given the order on Wednesday and the military had said, nah, we don't want to do that quite yet because the astrology hasn't really lined up. Okay, they didn't say that, but they could have and they would have been right. So, so they didn't shoot it down. Well, you know, don't don't think that. Who knows? There may be there. I I'm, I wonder sometimes, especially with this administration, they seem to get a lot of things kind of on the nose. I wonder. I don't know. There are so many powerful people. They, they use the powers of uh, the esoteric and the higher mind all the time. There are plenty of people who make their um, their financial decisions using astrology. Yes, lots of, people, lots of very untouchable people behind that 1% curtain are using this information. They are. Yeah. It Anyhow, does. Back, okay, anyway, so okay. You were saying. So I was saying, so I was saying, okay, so, all right. So they shot it down. Um, so, and it was fantastic because you, you so the, the sun, a sun Uranus square is also can be quirky because Uranus is unconventional. So we had all kinds of uh, quirky things going on over the weekend. I mean, um, Saturday night live was, Locked and loaded, they were ready to go uh, on at midnight on on Saturday uh, with their cold open, where they had Bowen Yang, and I'm, I'm I'm mentioning him because he is a he is a acknowledged upfront fan of astrology. He was in an interview with the New York Times. And he was saying that he had once been a skeptic, but he now finds it of value. And he has a lot going on in his horoscope, Mars. He has Mars in Gemini. And so he's having a Mars return. Uh, this When Mars turned direct last month, Mars was doing that right on his own natal Mars. So we knew that he was going to be coming into the year supercharged. And there he was in the cold open on, on Saturday, uh, portraying the... Chinese spy balloon. And it was, it just was great. Highly favorable reviews. How else is he going to be supercharged? I mean, his job is to be on Saturday Night Live. So I don't really see that as um, magnifying the flow of his chart. So there are well, it magnifies it because, you know, SNL has, there are a lot of people in that cast, right? And sometimes you'll notice one that jumps out over the others for a while, you know, they have a run everybody is looking at them, right? Yeah, that's true. So so he has been quite prominent. Like he portrayed George Santos the that week before last. Funny. Yeah, that's right. Okay, I see. I, so, yeah. so that, and I mean, he's a sun sign Scorpio with 
Sun conjunct Venus, conjunct Pluto, conjunct Mercury, all in mid Scorpio. And this is where transiting Uranus, which is like a lightning bolt, it's a cattle prod, is opposing all of these planets. So his chart is supercharged. Okay. So you're saying that over the next like weeks, several episodes, he'll, he'll continue to lead the way. He's a breakout. Yeah. He would expect a breakout potential. So astral. And so, yeah. So we talk about some fun things other than dreary politics, it doesn't have to be dreary, but anyway, and I'm going to tell you (laughs) another person who was activated by Mars, the Mars turning direct close to their Mars. I'm going to tell you about another person in a minute. Okay. So we had the Chinese spy balloon, so wait a minute, give, give, where are we planetarily here? We're talking about the Chinese spy balloon because of sun and Uranus. Okay. Sun square Uranus, Uranus, Venus square Mars, which made it a provocative thing. And then the full moon in Leo, the revelation that, oh, you know what? This is not the first time we've had a Chinese spy balloon over the United States. What was amazing about it, and this actually speaks to the Mercury sextile Neptune potential for the imagination to run wild. Heather Cox Richardson, who's a historian who published, we've talked about her before. Every day she sends out a letter. I don't know where she gets that mojo, man. Holy cow. What she pointed out was how the Republican party just, just went off into la la land about this Chinese spy balloon. And it turned out that this was not the first balloon, duh, that, that no one should be surprised. I mean, what do countries do? They spy on each other because they have the technology. We learned in the aftermath of the illuminating full moon that the Trump administration had had three spy balloons intrude into the United States. And this was not revealed until President Biden came in and upgraded the surveillance Something in the papers about, well, we really didn't know that this had happened. And, 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 but now we know that they did because we've upgraded our technology to be able to protect ourselves against these. So tell me how this has to do with the Leo full moon. So the Leo full moon, well, it will, it will be illuminating. Okay. So we would expect an illuminating, but was there any, any, any full moon is going to, is going to okay, illuminate. Yeah. That's what right? I was thinking. I was like, well, any, it's just a full moon, but, but the fact, oh, well, you know what? I'm thinking it's, it's, it's a Leo full moon. So it's going to focus on leaders. Yeah. And the fact that it's the, the, the sun will have been an Aquarius. So the leader of the people. And this is an, speaking. And speaking of sun and Uranus. So there was another wacky head. Oh, this was a wacky headline that the sun itself is behaving, quote unquote, strangely, like a piece <laughs> of it fell off. He said the sun. I missed that. We will link this article because I don't have it in front of me and I'm just remembering it now as we're talking. But but that is, I mean, nothing says sun square Uranus than, hey, a piece of the sun fell off. We can't explain it. It's really weird. And then another thing that that blew up over the weekend illuminating is I had expected that that astrology would be making news. Okay. Well, I didn't see it in the New York Times this time, but on Twitter and Facebook, there was a big debate that erupted that came to light over the weekend about house systems. 
Yeah, but really, I didn't see this. I know. I have, I have well, to link it to you because you know, on is, all the time. So but how it was a prominent, it was a prominent, prominent, one of my teachers, uh, Deborah Holding, who's fabulous, runs an amazing, uh, and, uh, yeah, actually, she's the author of the book on houses and like the book on she houses. She wrote the book on houses. <laughs> and so she, she put out, she raised her hand. It was really interesting, you know, and for some reason felt compelled to, well, because, because astrology, that's the reason, but anyway, it's why it was time to have a provocative debate about something. And I guess her horoscope is activated. I don't, I don't. Well, she's I'm, never I, shy about, <laughs> <laughs> I would never consider that she's not willing to be provocative when it comes to discussions. So, about so she put it out there and she said, well, you know, a whole sign it really, it, she made this a provocative statement about, um, you know, I'm paraphrasing it and I don't have it in front of me, so I hope I don't misquote it. But she basically said, look, no, historically, no astrologer has ever made a case for a whole sign house system because it it isn't it, whole signs. And she made the argument that whole signs is the choice to not use any house system at all. That was her. Know. I, I better go I, back I, and look I, at this I, I, I know, because I'm just like, yeah, look, whatever. <laughs> I get all the different ways that people use the houses. And I am not, I don't actually think there's one way that's better than another. I don't. It depends on what your your purpose is. What are you going to use it for? And, and what is your personal philosophy? So for me, the Hellenistic approach works baseline, although I will use Placidus sometimes. And I definitely use Placidus to double check a theory that I might have that arises out of work that I do with whole sign. I use them interchangeably, but the, the overriding philosophy for me works because I really have an animated engagement in my mind with, with the gods and, and whole sign is very clear. I don't like intercepted houses. I like the way that whole sign uses individual signs as temples of particular gods expressing themselves. And when I say gods, I mean energies. And those energies to me are alive and real. And I interact with them. And I do envision going to their house. Literally, I'm, I'm in your temple. I'm here to receive whatever information Mars in the masculine has to share or Mars in the feminine, which is Scorpio has to share. And it's just clearer and cleaner for me in this way that helps me to remember that I am part of the entire cycle of what's happening here in the solar system and in this universe. It's just clearer for me to understand my own elemental makeup. That is why I like the whole sign houses. It's just easier and has a facility. And then there are so many other reasons, but just to keep it simple here. Um, But then it informs the way that I actually then can go back to Placidus and use it because I believe that whole sign has given me a much clearer idea of all of the components that when you go to use Placidus, frankly, Placidus is more complicated. And then if I use that, I think I'm, I'm a, I'm a deeper, more complex, better astrologer. That's why I use it. Okay. Anyway. I just, I'm just absorbing the beauty of 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 the moon in Algol opposing Neptune. That was just glorious. I love no, it's great. And I'm and I was thinking to myself, why do I use Placidus and Reg- why do I use the houses I do? Because it works. Okay, next, let's move on. <laughs> yeah, but you never learned whole signs, so there's that. I know. The point is that the that this discussion happened at this particular time when planetary patterns suggested or reflected the potential 
for this charged debate involving astrology. That's what was so cool about it. So Sun Square Uranus, wacky headlines, fun comedy, astrology debate, Chinese spy balloon, major earthquake. Um, we oh, this I, I expected a surge of something, and seismic activity is is something that um, is a potential when you have Uranus is a disruptor of the Earth. Um, there are there was some talk in those who who pay more attention to this than I did last week, looking at um, astrocartography. And there are maps that you can make when you have a lunation or an eclipse and you can, that, that emanates certain lines that run through the map of the globe. And in this case, we could see that the area that was hit by this quake in Turkey um, mm-hmm. it was in the middle between two, it was right at the sun, moon, the, the two lines that were running through that area represented the sun and the moon. This was a highly charged illumination because it was triggering the eclipse from November 8th. And mm-hmm. so you can mm-hmm. see in that area. And of course, geographically, it happens to sit on the border of two tectonic plates. So mm-hmm. obviously, if, if you know, it, it's going to respond differently to that to the potential than a place in the middle of nowhere that's not on like the ring of fire or, you know, on the you edge of the plate. That is really important that what you just described, but also the connection to eclipses, man, do not take eclipses for granted. Do not underestimate the power of eclipses. I have found in my own work and in my own life that tracking eclipses and the impact on a chart is the most predictive of when something is going to happen. So, you mm-hmm. know, the fact that this was triggering a, an eclipse point, mm-hmm. powerful. Yeah. In terms of timing, in terms in terms of, of timing, uh, using eclipses as a timing tool is, is astonishing. I, I see it in its personal yeah, lives absolutely. and mundane. Completely. Uh, but you well, learn and, and And if you know, like, you know, last year for me was like, uh-huh. Yeah. And had I not known ahead of time, when I looked at my chart and went, oh, here come the eclipses uh-huh. <laughs> on the angles, uh, I would, I, I think I would have had a harder time, but you know, it's not like it made it easy knowing about it, but it did make me realize, okay, you know what? I'm going through the narrows. I'm going to just have to hold tight to the sides of my canoe. Right. A curtain is likely to fall. A and now I'm, likely- you know, now I've made it to the narrows and the water is calmer and um, I'm still floating. I want to say one thing, if you guys listened to our last episode where Whitney was just, she compelled, she's like, we have to talk about the FTC. We have to talk about it. We have to talk about it now. We have to- I did not. I did not. I, what, I was not no, like that. that. I wasn't like that. I know, but I'm, inter- I'm entertaining. I've got Moon and Gemini. So I'm going to, you know, I have to tell a story. So I did feel very compelled. That's you true. Felt, you felt compelled. But I and didn't paid- turn into a psychopath about it. No, no, no. She wasn't a psychopath. It's okay. It, it just, no, not at all. But Your intuition was spot on because the day we launched that podcast uh, or the day after, I forget exactly, but Washington Post did an entire editorial on the initiative that Whitney wanted to talk about, which was that the FTC was seeking to ban non-compete clauses. And it was talking about what an amazing uh, initiative this was for this administrative body. 
So that was the first thing to get that confirmation immediately. It was pretty darn cool. And but you know what's neat? I'm sorry to interrupt what? again. The, no, no, the, go what's ahead. So cool about it is, is that we had actually, I had brought that up to you weeks before mm-hmm. and I said, and eh, let's just put it off. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. About it. And then when we finally brought it up and we were like, okay, yeah, we agree. This is going to work well because we mm-hmm. needed all the time to put into it. And folks, we put hours into it and we, we cut so much out of it just because I thought it's hard for me to get simple about antitrust because I know so much about it. And I, I don't know sometimes that I'm um, able to come out of the weeds when I get down <laughs> into them about things that I love so much. And I do, I really find antitrust is critical to understand if we want to have a democracy, but um, we pared it down and pared it down and it came out the week that the rest of the world was ready to talk about it too. So I did. Yes, that. yes, yes. And we talked about how challenged the horoscope of the FTC is because of so many planets, the theory is, the theory, so many planets that are, they're sort of coming from 10 paces behind. Well, they, that's they are, you. That that's was your me. brilliance as an astrologer who saw far more than I was seeing. So good for you. You really did. Well, thank you. They got smacked down, the FTC. They were trying to put some controls on Meta and they failed. That's what yeah, I'm going to talk about this. You, you talk about that. Talk because, about that. Um, all right. So meta, you actually, cause you actually read the article. So. <laughs> you Gemini. I just, I just read the headline. <laughs> I did actually read the article. I read several articles about this. What happened was the FTC asked permission from the courts if they could sue to stop this merger that meta wants to do with, uh, reality content, a virtual reality content maker. And the judge said, nope, this is not going to impinge on competition. And so you cannot sue them. Here's what I find intriguing. Now I'm going to step I'm going to step back a lot. Um, and away from being a mainstream reporter, having once upon a time have to having had to have pretended that I didn't think about these things, but I do think about these things. I was thinking metaphysically about meta. It's Founder and leader, Mark Zuckerberg, has declared more than once that he believes himself to be the reincarnation of the Emperor Nero. I find this intriguing. And as a reporter, I actually did take this seriously. And now as somebody who's bringing to you an Insold News broadcast, I'm going to tell you why. Nero was, I think that he was the last emperor. It was the last Roman emperor. It was in the time of Rome's decline. It was in the first century after Christ. So it was like, I don't know, it was like, I don't remember the date, but I think he was like in the 60, 60 AD. Mm. He was, um, he was a jerk. (laughs) Nero, Mm -hmm. Nero was a jerk. And at the end of the Roman empire, none of these emperors were really particularly good guys anyway, but, um, he was, he was crazy. I think, you know, whatever I'm, I'm, I'm characterizing crazy as in just, he was a megalomaniac. I do find it interesting though, because Nero died, he committed suicide when he was uh, having his first Saturn return. I find that interesting. Now looking at it in terms of reincarnation, I think, oh, I wonder if he feels like he didn't get done what he wanted to get done. Now, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know, but I, I am thinking like, oh man, whatever pain caused him to want to just check out because suicide is not anything that I want to, you know, consider blithely, but it's, it's a forced ending. And at 30, you're not very old. So what would you have accomplished? But regardless, he didn't go out on a high note. And if it really is Zuckerberg, 
I mean, you could make the case he's come back and he has a lot of power, right? Just like he did then. But what he was doing and what the Roman Empire did was basically just gobble up things Mm. and then create a peace, right? Pax Romana. But within that peace, and, you know, there's a lot to be said for peace, (laughs) but it was peace at the expense of freedom. Because what they did is they gobbled everybody up, they gobbled up uh, all of the resources, and and they brought peace because it was in their best interests not to have to go to war. It was using up the resources that they needed to keep the peace so that they could keep themselves prosperous and so on. I do think there are some parallels to now because we have monopolies, right? I actually think Mm -hmm. of the Roman Empire as being the first monopoly, the first corporate monopoly. And what Meta has been trying to do and has successfully done, because as we mentioned last episode, we have had virtually no antitrust enforcement at all. What they've managed to do is gobble up any innovator in the tech space, in the social media space that they decided might somehow erode their own power. Rather rather than innovate, they ate. (laughs) They have been on a gobbling up spree. So has Google. So has all of these companies. Anybody who comes up, like WhatsApp used to be a really cool way that you could speak in an encrypted manner to whomever. They bought that. Instagram, they bought that. You you name it, they have tried to buy it or Google has or, you know. Okay. And then they changed their name to Meta, which is like everything. It's the everything of the everything. Yeah. And I think of this as this guy who really believes he's an emperor, Right. And so trying to just like gobble up everything rather than innovate. It's lazy, frankly. It's rather lazy and it's extremely arrogant. But here's the point I'm getting at. Yeah. It is not about freedom. It cannot possibly be about freedom when monopolies are running the world on us. The way social media works, the way meta works is to harvest us, harvest our data, harvest our attention. If they own our data and they have colonized our minds and are directing our attention accordingly, we are not free. And you cannot possibly be free while someone else owns the things that make you unique to you. But anyway, you can't be free when somebody has claimed you as both the product and of the consumer. That's a very tricky, messed up way of thinking of freedom. It's not freedom. We mm. kind of belong to them. And mm-hmm. I know you're going to talk about the State of the Union, but I was annoyed with Biden because when he was talking about the FTC, which you're going to get back to, he called us the American consumers. No. Yeah, I listened to that. I, I clocked oh, that because we've been talking about the it. Point: We're yeah. not consumers. We're citizens. Yeah, we're people. Citizens. We cannot be thought of as consumers first, citizens second. We should be citizens first with choices about everything else. But when you see us as consumers, ergo, we are then products at the same time because you cannot have the consumption of all of the things that Meta and Google and so forth sell without us having been harvested first. So that's really tricky to understand, but essential to understand. In a world where our data is more important and more valuable than oil, which is true, data is more valuable than oil at this point. And you know why? Because of the great mutation that we've been talking about in of Jupiter and Saturn at zero degrees Aquarius on December 21st, 2020, representing 
a new 200-year cycle of economic development in which the person who dies with the most toys that are mined from the earth is not no longer the winner. The person who's able to control the data and the information and the networks and how we think is going to be controlling the narrative because the yep. Jupiter-Saturn conjunction in Aquarius marks the first of a 200-year series of conjunctions between Jupiter and Saturn, which happen every 20 years, and they're tied to business cycles. They are, they are now in, in the element of air, as opposed to the element of Earth, which was the majority of the Jupiter-Saturn cycles for the past 200 years, which has seen us mine the earth, fossil fuels, blah, blah, blah. Those are the people that have been writing the story. And that has to change. And it is Thank changing. You. No, you're, and you're absolutely right. And, and the way that it will, you can ground it in your own life, the way that you can take that, that, uh, that cyclical turning and make it real for you is to start considering how you can take your power back from a an emperor of data who wants to both harvest you and sell to you. So that's the way to think of it. You are both being bought and sold at the same time every time you participate as a consumer. So remember, you are a citizen. And when people refer to you as a consumer, they are referring to you as a thing. We're not things. Yep. And that but is you know why what? I got so animated about you this. You got all animated, but you know what happens when the element of air meets the element of earth? Dust in the wind. <laughs> all we are is dust in the wind. Interesting. Yes. No, yeah, that, that was our that was our prom song. Can you believe it? That's the song they wanted. What? To no, seriously. Who was running your prom? Oh, That's I mean, they were, uh, and we also studied, uh, you know, existential. You know, uh, our song was you, you, Eric Clapton. You look wonderful tonight, which I think is a <laughs> lot better than yours. <laughs> no, I know. Well, we were we were reading the existential French. You know, Jean Paul oh Sartre. We we're all reading. Did Seriously. you even dance at your prom? <laughs> I didn't actually. I, I didn't. Yeah. Okay. So moving right along here. So Chinese spy balloon, earthquake, crazy headlines, astrology, Mark Zuckerberg, FTC, Biden, State of the Union. Okay. I, I wrote a prediction about that. I wrote a prediction about what was going to drive the feel of this speech. The patterns that were happening at the State of the Union, you want to know, you look at the pattern on an event, you can use astrology to, to you know, to pick a time to do something because it's going to embody. And, and, and what you're trying to do should be reflected in the patterns happening that day. Here's what I said for Tuesday. This week on Wednesday at 12.28 a.m. Okay, that was yesterday because we're recording this on a Thursday. There was a sextile, a harmonious cooperative flow between Venus, strongly placed in Pisces, super compassionate, super empathy, sextile to Uranus, which is technology and humanity. And just it's inclusive, reaching across the aisle, unconventional alliances. Let's all get along. It's a spirit of friendship and brotherly love. It's great. And so with that pattern coming into play, late in the evening on the on Tuesday night, the State of the Union, what I said was, we've got the moon in Virgo at 4.04 p.m. squared Mars, action or action hero Mars. So on the upside, the square could serve as a kick in the butt to get multiple things done, never mind about being perfect. 
Another energetic spike arrives around 10.01 p.m. 10.01. So this is Eastern time. As the Virgo moon, which was highly, which had dignity, it had, it had dignity to go out there and, and, and support and sort things out and, and get things right, was opposing this exalted Venus and Pisces. So the energy, so I said, illuminating social expression driven by empathy versus somebody else's need for niggling nitpicky details. So we knew, so it was like, there's going to be some breach of etiquette at this state, at the state of the union speech, because, because, I don't, you know, I don't really think we need astrology to know that with this crowd, But, (laughs) but, but, but it's there in the chart. And and it's been talked about, you know. Yeah. It's it, the, the, the well. I mean, you could you could just say that we're their disruptions were right on time. The disruptions were right on time, and the personification of the major destruction uh, uh, destruction, which really is not shouldn't be a Freudian slip. Uh, the major uh, disruption, uh, you know, was a blonde woman wearing a Cruella Deville fur coat. Okay, (laughs) but so it so so the personification of this like lovely Venus and Pisces thing exalted, but not at all. But anyway, but what I said was watch for this and the next patterns in President Biden's State of the Union speech. Innovative solutions are possible, reflecting the moon trying Uranus at 1016 and the aforementioned cooperation suggested by sextile between Venus and Mars at 1228. Can't we all just get along? And what was so cool to see the headline in the Washington Post just before the State of the Union began, their headline on the homepage was Biden. So it came after the Mars moon, Mars square, after the challenge to get something done. Biden will challenge GOP to work with him. Mm. And he did. And, and he, he did, did. And he did it with humor and, did, and, with, yeah. and dignity. And he did. And, and it was grace, amazing. Was yeah. yeah, exactly. So absolutely and absolutely amazing. Uh, and the speech, because it started didn't start exactly at nine, it started around 9.08. And so it was ruled by that Venus in Pisces. Well, now see, that, that's where uh, astrology is amazing. That's where it's amazing because it was not ruled by Mercury in Capricorn. It was ruled by Venus in, it was ruled by Venus in Pisces and he, he, he hit it out of the park. So where are we? Okay. Uh, Department of they in the department of they segment, which we call the DOT, we break down for our listeners, how you're being manipulated either directly or indirectly by those in power who are either of the media or using the media to distract from the truth or to just outright distort the truth. This department of they is brought to you by this week's conjunction between Mercury, how we need to think, and Pluto extremes. And whenever you have a hard aspect, a challenging aspect between Mercury and Pluto in the headlines, um, we can expect a banner day for investigative reporters usually in, and because and because this is happening in Capricorn it's going to be about the powers of be and so there was a hearing they had these um former executives from Twitter the purpose was to find out as somebody on Twitter said oh, i see that the republicans are now have now presenting their in- inflation reduction plan and what it was it was a hearing to investigate why twitter had suppressed a story that the New York Post ran just before the election about Hunter Biden's laptop. One of the things on that laptop, right, which has so much to do with inflation, which has everything to do with inflation. <laughs> it is all about inflation. 
It was about, you know, ego (laughs) ego, photographs of Hunter Biden's nether regions, the the publication of which I suppose that's a type of inflation. It's a type of inflation. Okay. But the publication of (laughs) such pictures, stolen photographs published without a person's consent is a crime. You're not allowed to publish these private parts stolen without consent. And this is something that was coming up, I guess, as a result of this of this New York Post article. So, so private parts could mean a lot of things in that sentence. <laughs> it could mean a lot of things. So anyway, but we we are we have some decorum here in this in this podcast. But anyway, okay. so they so? had so they had these hearings, and 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 I watched some clips of them, and it was just amazing because you know here we have constitutional law professor professor Jamie Raskin having to uh, explain to his Republican colleagues that um, a private company, a private media company uh, such as Twitter, can censor anything it wants because it's a private company, and anybody who is on Twitter as a as a user can be censored if Twitter sets certain rules and says we don't want to have you here anymore. The government cannot do that. That is a violation. That would be a violation of First Amendment rights. And so one of the bizarre things about the hearing is you had several Republican congressional representatives who clearly did not understand the Constitution. They don't even know what the law is. That to yeah, me is a, this this big story here that here they hear and so they were you know making right. allegations to these Twitter former Twitter employees uh, you know saying that they had done these censorship when in fact you know Twitter is well within its rights to do that. One thing that came out in the hearings was that the people whose job it is to monitor information you know the, the, to prevent people from yelling fire in a crowd in a crowded theater were concerned that what they were seeing with this story was a repeat of the disinformation that was spread in 2016 from foreign actors not wishing our country well. And so they hesitated for, uh, there was a delay of of some I know how delicately you put that, not wishing our country well. How about actually meddling in our affairs? So almost like you could say an invasion. Yeah, <laughs> it, was an, you know, it was an invasion. And, and right, specifically exactly. Russia. Let me get to the point. Jay Rosen is a professor of journalism at NYU, and on his Twitter feed, I happened to see last night a statement. He said, clown car hearings, that would be what we saw, anybody who watched those hearings yesterday, clown car hearings exploit a weakness in mainstream journalism's source code, which gives no clear instructions for how to report truthfully on events that are themselves false, meaning that they spring from propagandist propagandistic intent and taking them seriously only furthers the scam. In other words, the hearings that were held yesterday was sound and fury signifying nothing other than the Republicans who were holding the hearing didn't understand. They didn't understand what the First Amendment is all about. It was just it was just a grandstanding. Right. And the headline, well, yeah. Okay. The sorry. headline that Rosen was referring to, Professor Jay Rosen was referring to, was this bit from Reuters. Former Twitter execs tell Republicans they aired on Hunter Biden laptop story. This so headline is so dangerous because if you didn't see any of the clips and you didn't actually, 
dig in and, and, and if you didn't see what was actually going on, you would think that the Republicans held a hearing and they got Twitter to admit that they did something wrong about the, how they handled the Hunter Biden laptop story. And that's not right. really right. what happened. We have to remember that members of this committee include Jim Jordan, who was subpoenaed by his fellow committeeman, Jamie Raskin, whom you mentioned, and uh, in, in regards to the, um, the January uh, 6th Six committee. committee. Mm-hmm. And he refuses to answer it. Mm-hmm. People who are scofflaws are attempting to enforce law. And who don't even know the law. The story is blaring. Your congressional representatives don't even understand the Constitution that they swear to defend. That's a page one story. Yeah, that is the story. And that is why this is a Department of They. Two reasons. One, it's an opportunity to point out how those who are the guilty ones are actually accusing others of doing what they're doing. What you see over and over again is there's one particular party in our country right now who will make accusations of others of the same behavior that they are actually themselves engaged in. And we talked about that last week regarding um, the outcry over people's sexuality that ordinarily just shouldn't matter. And, you know, for patron subscribers, we went into a little bit more detail about that in a, a few outtakes that I sent out this week, but just describing how so often when people say it's that, you know, biblical don't point out the speck in someone else's eye when there's a log in your own. And, and whenever their hair is on fire about some, kind of behavior that they just can't believe is happening. I I always look at their own behavior and eventually it comes out that they were engaged in it themselves. So that's the first thing is just when the lady doth protest too much, why? Like why? And it's usually about something that doesn't matter. And in this case, Hunter Biden's penis doesn't matter. It just doesn't. What really matters is they don't understand the first amendment law or they understand it and they don't care. But the real takeaway here is that increasingly media is becoming irrelevant to your life as a citizen. That's Mm -hmm. just the bottom line here. Mm -hmm. The media is not delivering to you in a consistent way, any information that actually helps you live your life. And we are so accustomed to being distracted by it that we're not even aware. It's like fish in water. What's water? You really have to start trusting yourself. Be a citizen. Don't be a consumer and don't be farmed. Don't have your data farmed so that it can be sold back to you in some kind of packaged story meant to cultify you into the brand of person who gets their news, quote unquote, from Fox or news, quote unquote, from MSNBC. And believe me, I think MSNBC is as not egregious in their ways, not as sensationalistic as Fox, but they definitely are cultifying you. They want you to be on their side. And I don't want to be on anyone's side. As a citizen, I want to make my own decisions. I want to evaluate information for myself. The news is irrelevant. You have to see it as what it is, which is to suck away your money and your attention. And if you don't have your attention focused where you want it to be, you are not in control of your life. That's the takeaway here. The department of they is where we uncover how you are losing your power to the media and particularly corporate media. Okay. So next, next week we have just in time for Valentine's day, we have uh, a conjunction between Venus. So happy to be swimming in Pisces and Neptune. And that conjunction is on uh, the 15th. So there is potential out there for people to have a romantic escapist 
Valentine's Day, depending upon if their personal horoscopes are affected by a big fat pattern. It's actually not a big fat pattern. It's a big streamlining pattern that happens once a year as the sun in Aquarius meets up with Saturn. So next week, we're going to be talking about headlines that involve streamlining cuts, losses, reaches for authority, um, heavy gravitas, serious energy stories. This is what we're going to be talking about. Probably technology cuts because it's in Aquarius. So that's technology. That's what we're going to be talking about. If Saturn, Sun conjunct in Aquarius is affecting your own personal chart, you'll be hit more than others. And for that kind of information, you should consult with either myself or Whitney and we can fill you in on all the juicy details. (laughs) That's my original song. I don't, I don't sing during consultations. So, (laughs) (laughs) but you may prefer that you're, you may prefer the sing song. (laughs) So that is, I definitely don't. Right. So that's, that's where we're at today. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) I would like to tell our lovely listeners that if they would like more information about the news from the Insold Universe, they really ought to go to your website, Elizabeth. And that is at graceastrology.com. She has been doing her mundane astrology forecast for over a decade and getting it right. If you want to reach me, I got two places you can go. You can go, well, you can always just go to insold.substack.com. You can also find me at documental.substack.com. That's documental, like a documentary, but documental. That is my flagship publication. I just have to say that documental, which is Whitney's, uh, what motivated you, what it was, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. You tell me if I'm getting this right. You're motivated to write it because you were looking at how traumatized our society had become in recent years. And, and how, how are we going to cope with this? What are we going to do to heal it? Is that is that a fair statement? Yeah, that's a that's a actually more soulful way to put it. I, as a reporter who had covered mental health and had been a psychiatry journal editor, and then an antitrust reporter, I was just seeing a. I wanted to see if there was a correlation. I thought there was between what I was seeing in trends, which was that um, the level of mental anguish and expressed through rates of anxiety, depression, and suicide in this country. Uh, that the trajectory upwards was um, parallel to the trajectory upwards of corporate power growing and individual agency shrinking. So I, I came to the conclusion and wrote for a number of years showing, look, the more power that corporations get, monopolies, et cetera, and the less agency we individuals have, the more depressed and anxious and hopeless we feel. So, yeah. Okay. So Whitney's documental articles and interviews are ahead of their time and are going to get even more, I'm going to make a prediction. They're going to gain in significance now as Saturn enters Pisces, which is healing, turning suffering into an art form. Neptune is going to be at the very end of Pisces. It's in Pisces now, but as it gets to the end, it's going to amp up the suffering and people are going to be looking for concrete ways to heal and structure and cleanse all of this anguish and suffering that is a collective trauma that has been experienced around the world. So Whitney has mm. this treasure chest mm, thank you. filled with ideas, thoughtful, uh, thoughtful essays that are going to become more prominent as themes in the media and government over the next few years. So that's why you should check it out. 
Well, thanks. You're um, welcome. You find the ways to be hopeful and then spread that on into the world. And I'm not saying that life isn't painful. Pfft. Hello. I just came off of the year that I just came off of. <laughs> I'm still standing and you can do the same. But thank you for that, Elizabeth. Um, when oh, you say okay. turn suffering into an art form. Um, I'm quoting Michael Luton. I need to give him credit for that. He actually said that about Saturn and Pisces. I, I did a workshop with him on Saturn. I like 10, oh God, I don't know, 10 years ago. And it was like a five hour workshop. And like, that was one of the takeaways. That was something that stuck with me. I thought it was brilliant. I don't have Saturn and Pisces, but if I share that with people who have that placement, they're like, oh yeah, I get it. So, yeah, um, but it doesn't mean become a martyr and being, you know, being skilled at being a victim. It means being able to take the anguish and, and find what can elevate your soul and spirit connection out of that anguish. That's the upside potential. I mean, they could become martyrs because that is a potential with Pisces. Pisces is, they could just, they can, Uh, but the upside potential is to do exactly what you just said, to elevate it and, and turn it into some beautiful soulful expression that moves and heals everyone around you. Well, I think our listeners are up for that. I think they are too. Off the Charts, a stellar newscast is patron supported. We see this as a public service and we do have a paywall, but the paywall is um, so you get more of what we offer. We put a lot of time and effort into this. And so we are relying increasingly on our listeners to, uh, to make our efforts sustainable by showing us material support. And now through March 7th, which is when Saturn enters Pisces for the next couple of years, we are running a special where we will give you 25% off of an annual subscription, which normally is $75. And uh, you can find more information about that in the show notes or by going to ensoul.substack.com. Also, I would like to remind listeners that if you are looking for a speaker, uh, both Elizabeth and I are very comfortable in corporate environments. Elizabeth is a crack, absolute whip smart presenter with PowerPoint. I can't even come close to her PowerPoint skills. <laughs> I don't think it's, I ever will. It's <laughs> must see TV. That's what you learn when you're promoting oh, Seinfeld. You know how to cut stuff up. It's great. Well, I can edit. I produce the you show. You can edit. Yeah, you do. She, it's true. You can. she gets those graphics. A the world graphics. Gets. I don't. Um, and I'm not going <laughs> to. So, you don't have to. But we both, the both of us are very good at working with all kinds of different groups. And we, we hope make things that are difficult to understand, easy to understand. So consider having us for your event, whatever the nature of that event might be. And if you are interested in becoming a sponsor of our show, we would love to talk with you. We are looking for sponsors to be in the show notes. So just in print, but if you wanted to actually have us read something about you on the show, we would be interested in talking to you about that too. So that's it for this week, for this episode. Um, I do want to, again, thank the listeners who have signed up to become patient subscribers since last week. And we, we are have- doing something different on March 7th. I don't think you mentioned it. So I, I, what we're doing is we want to reward the people who are demonstrating to us that this is a value for, but and, patron, and our patrons will have access 
to those to us on a weekly basis. Right. Um, last year we were every other week, and so that's what we're going to do for people who only want to listen to us every other week. And that's enough. And if that's enough, great. Um, but if you want to listen to us weekly, we're 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 asking for an energy exchange, as maybe Marianne Williamson would say. So that's our pitch. That's our well, it's pitch. Our, it's Take our pitch. Me but, out know. to the ball game. What? <laughs> Root for the um, home team, people. Okay. We're not only listener supported, we're actually mission driven. So you can support us because you enjoy listening to us, but you can also support us if you're interested in supporting the mission. And the mission is to empower people. It's to take your power back from a system that seeks to use you as a way to making money without your permission or without your even understanding how they're doing it. That's it for episode 24 of Off the Charts, a stellar newscast. We are so grateful for you to have spent your time with us. And until next time, please look, look up the stars. Up. Yep. And look keep up. hope in your heart. <laughs>